everybody and welcome to another episode of Books Kids Love. Today we will be talking about Beatrix Potter and reading two of her uh, two of her stories, Ginger and Pickles and Peter Rabbit. We will also be looking at the map. Alright, so we're going to take a closer look at the map of Beatrix Potter. There's Mr. and Mick Gradiger's garden. There's Peter Rabbit in his forest. And these are all, like, just great illustrations. There's, like, a little town there uh, onto the um, top left. And then there's some meadows for the next, like, half of the page. There's some Ethweed water. There's uh, Darrow Winter water. And there's about squirrels. Uh, Mr. Jeremy Fisher, Timmy Tiptoes, uh, Hilltop Farm, Samuel Whiskers, Tom Kitten, and there's another part of town, which is like, um, which is like where most of the stories are from, and they're, they're like, um, the shops, like Ginger and Pickle Shop, which is my favorite, I love that, um, and I'll be reading that today, the, the Tower Bank Arms, Ribby, um, Ribby, and these are all stories, Bull Banks, it's like, um, there's roads in between, there's just an awesome map, I, I, like, love, I love the illustrations on it, it's too bad you guys can't see it, but, um, so that's all I can say about the map. The Tale of Ginger and Pickles 1909. The tale of Ginger and Pickles caused many, much amusement among the villagers of Sorry when it was published. It had a good many views which, which can be recognized in the village, which is what they like. Beatrix wrote to Millie Orne, Harold and Norman's sister. The story also features some familiar friends from peri- previous books going about their everyday business. Even the policemen from the tale of the two bad mice makes an appearance, as do the dolls, Lucini and Jane. The book is dedicated to John Taylor, whose wife kept the village shop in Sorry when the story book shop is based. Beatrix had said that this couldn't put him in the story as he was always in bed, which explains her dedication. With very kind regards to old Miss, uh, Mr. Taylor, who thinks he might pass as a dormouse. Three years in bed and never a grumble. All right, we're going to start now. Once upon a time, there was a village shop. The name over the window was Ginger and Pickles. It was a little small shop, just the right size for dolls. Lucinda and Jane Doll Cook always brought their groceries at Ginger and Pickles. The counter inside was a convenient height for rabbits. Ginger and Pickles sold a red spotty pocket handkerchief at Penny Three Farthings. They also sold sugar and snuff and galoshes. In fact, although it was such a small shop, it sold nearly everything, except a few things you want in in a a hurry, like boot laces, hairpins, and mutton chops. Ginger and Pickles were the people who kept the shop. Ginger was a yellow tomcat, and Pickles was a terrier. The rabbits were always a little bit afraid of pickles. The shop was also patronized by mice. Only the mice were rather afraid of ginger. Ginger usually requested pickles to serve them, 
because he said and made his mouth water. I cannot bear, he said he, to see them go out of the door carrying their little parcels. I would have the same feeling about rats, uh, replied Pickles, but it will never do to eat our customers. They will leave us and go to Tabitha Twitches. On the contrary, they will go nowhere, replied Ginger gloomily. Tabitha Twitches kept the only other shop in the village. She did not give credit. Ginger and Pickles gave unlimited credit. Now the meaning of credit is this. When a customer buys a bar of soap, instead of the customer pulling out a purse and paying for it, she said she will pay another time. And Pickles makes a low bow and says, With pleasure, madam. And it is written down in a book. The cousins, uh, the customers come again and again and buy quantities, in spite of being afraid of danger of pickles. But there is no money in what is called the till. The customers came in crowds every day and, uh, and bought quantities, especially the toffee customers. But there was always no money. They, ne- they never paid for as much as a penny worth of peppermints. But the sales were enormous. Ten times as large as Tabitha Twitches. As there was, uh, as there was uh, no always no money, Ginger and Pickles were obliged to eat their own goods. Pickles ate biscuits, and Ginger ate a dried haddock. They ate them by a, a candlelight after the shop was closed. When it came to January first, and there was still no money, and Pickles, uh, and Pickles was unable to buy a dog license. It's very unpleasant. I'm afraid of the police, said Pickles. It's it's your own fault for being a terrier. I do not require a license, and neither does kept the collie dog. It is very uncomfortable. I'm afraid I shall be summoned. I have tried in vain to get a license upon credit at the post office, said Pickles. The place is full of policemen. I met one as it was I was coming home. Let us send in the bill again to Samuel Whiskers, Ginger. He owes $22.9 for bacon. I do not believe that he intends to pay at all. And I feel sure that Anna Mira pockets things. Where are all the uh, cream crackers? You have eaten them yourself, replied Ginger. Ginger and and Pickles retired into the back parlor. They did accounts. They added up sums and sums and sums. Samuel Whiskers has run up the bill as long as his tail. And he has an ounce and three quarters of snuff since October. What is seven pounds of butter at one third and a stick of sealing wax and four matches? Send in every bill again to everybody with uh, with comps, replied Ginger. After a time, they heard a noise in the shop as if someone had been pushed in the door. They kept out of the black parlor and, and there was an envelope lying on the counter and a policeman writing in a notebook. Pickles nearly had a fit. He barked and he barked and made little rushes. Bite him, Pickles, bite him, spluttered Ginger behind the sugar barrel. He's only a German doll. The policeman went on writing in his notebook. Twice he put the pencil in his mouth, and once he dipped it in the tree. So Pickles barked till he was hoarse, but still the policeman took no notice. He had bent bead eyes, and his helmet was sewed on with stitches. A, a length uh, a length on his little last rush, Pickles found the shop was empty. The policeman had disappeared, but the envelope remained. Do you think he has gone to fetch a real-life policeman? I am afraid it, has, it is a summons, said Pickle. No, replied 
uh, who had opened the envelope. It is the rates and taxes. Three nineteen eleven three fourths. This is the last straw," said Pickles. "Let us close this shop." They they put up the shutters and left, but they have not removed from the neighborhood. In fact, some people wish they had gone further. Ginger is living in the Warren. I do not know what occupation he pursues, but he looks he looks stout and comfortable. Pickles is at present a gamekeeper. The closing of the shop caused great inconvenience. Tap of the twitches immediate, immediately raised the price of everything a half penny, and she continued to refuse to give credit. Of course, there was uh, uh, all tradesmen carts: the butcher, the fishman, and Timothy Baker. But not one person cannot live on seed wings and sponge cakes and butter bins. Not even when the sponge cakes are as good as Timothy's. After after a time, Mister John Dormouse. And his and his daughter began to sell peppermints and candles, but they did not keep self-fitting sixes, and it took five mouths to keep carry one seven-inch candle. Besides, the candles were which they sell behave very strangely in warm weather, and Miss and Miss Dormouse refused to take back the ends when they were uh, um, back to her with complaints, and when Mister John. Dormouse was complained to. He stayed in bed and would say nothing but "very snug," which is not the way to carry on a retail business. So everyone was pleased when Sally Henny Penny sent out a printed poster to say that she was going to reopen the shop. Henny's opening sale, Grand Cooperative Jumble, Penny's pen, uh, Penny's Penny prices. Come buy, come try, come buy. The poster really was most tissing. There was a rush upon the opening day. The shop was crammed with customers, and there was crowds of mice upon the biscuit counters. Sally Henny Penny gets rather flustered when she tries to count out change, and she begins to insist on being paid cash. But she is quite harmless, and she had laid in remarkable assortment of bargains. This there is something to please everybody. The end. Now we are going to be reading the most famous、uh, tale of Beatrix Potter, Peter Rabbit, nineteen o two. Once upon a time, there were four little rabbits, and their names were Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail, and Peter. They lived with their mother in a sandbank underneath the root of a very big fir tree. Now, my dears, dears, said old Mrs. Rabbit one morning, you may go into the fields or down the lane. But don't go into Mister McGregor's garden. Your father had an accident there. He was put in a pie by Miss、uh, by Mrs. McGregor. Now run along. I don't want. I don't get into and don't get into mischief. I'm go. I am going out. Then Mrs.、Uh, then old Mrs. Rabbit took a basket、uh, in her umbrella and went through the woods to the baker's. She bought a loaf of brown bread and five currant buns. Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail, who were good little buddies, went down to the lane to gather blackberries. But Peter, who was very naughty, ran straight away to Mister McGregor's garden and squeezed under the gate. 
First he ate some uh, lettuces and, ate, and some uh, French beans. And then he ate some radishes. And then, feeling r- rather sick, he went to look for some parsley. But around the end of, the cu- uh, of a cucumber frame, whom he met, but Mr. McGregor. Mr. McGregor was on his hands and knees planting out young cabbages. But when he jumped off and ran after Peter, waving a raking, calling out, Stop, thief! Peter was most dreadfully frightened. He rushed all over the garden, for he had forgotten his, the way to the gate. He lost one of the shoes, uh, his shoes among the cabbages, after, uh, and the other shoe amongst the potatoes. After losing them, he ran on four legs and went faster, so that I think he might have got a, a away altogether if he had not unfortunately ran into a gooseberry uh, net and got caught by the large buttons on his jacket. And it was a blue jacket with brass buttons, quite new. Peter gave, yeah, Peter gave himself uh, up uh, for a loss and shed big tears. But his sobs were overheard by a few friendly sparrows who flew over to him in great excitement and implored him to uh, uh, ex- exert himself. Mr. McGregor came out up with his seed which he intended to pop open the top of, of Peter. But Peter wriggled up out just in time, leaving his jacket behind him, and rushed into the tool shed and jumped into a can. It would have been a beautiful thing to hide in if it had not so much water in it. But Mr. McGregor was quite sure that Peter was somewhere in the tool shed, perhaps hidden underneath a flower pot. He began to turn over them carefully, looking under each. Presently, Peter sneezed. Curdy, shoo, Mr. McGregor was after him in no time and tried to put up his foot upon Peter, who jumped out of a window, upsetting three plants. The window was too small for Mr. McGregor, who was tired of running after Peter. He went back to his work. Peter sat down to rest. He was out of breath and trembling with fright. Uh, But he and he had not the least idea which way to go. Also, he was very damp with sitting in that very can. After a time, he began to wander about, um, um, wander about, going lippity, lippity, not very fast, looking all around. He found a door in the wall, but it was locked, and there was no room for a fat rabbit to squeeze underneath. An old mouse was running uh, in and out of the stone doorstep, carrying peas and beans to her family in the wood. Peter asked her the way to the gate. She had such a large pea in her mouth that she, that she, could, not, um, she, uh, she could not answer. She only shook her head at him. Peter began to cry. Then he tried to find his uh, way uh, uh, straight across the garden, but he began more and more and more puzzled. Presently, he, began, he came to a pond where Mr. McGregor filled his water cans. A white cat was staring at him with so, some goldfish. She sat very, very still, but now and then the tip of her tail twitched as if it was alive. Peter thought it was best to go away without speaking to her. He had heard about cats from his cousin, little Benjamin, Benjamin Bunny. He went back towards the tool shed. Uh, but suddenly, uh, quite uh, close to him, he heard the noise of a hole. 
scratch, scratch, scratch. Peter scuttered underneath the bushes. But presently, as nothing happened, he came out and climbed over a wheelbarrow and peeked, uh, and peeked over. The, the first thing he saw was Mr. McGregor hoeing onions. Uh, his back was turned to Peter, and, and, and behind him was the gate. Peter got down very, uh, um, very quietly off the wheelbarrow and started running as fast as he could go along a straight walk past some black uh, currant bushes. Mr. M Mr. McGregor caught sight of Peter in, in the corner, but Peter did not care. He slipped underneath the gate, and he was safe uh, in the wood uh, outside the garden. Mr. McGregor hung uh, the little... Uh, hung uh, the little jacket at the sh uh, at for the, the scarecrow to frighten the blackbirds. Peter never stopped running or looked behind him till he find until he uh, got home to the big fir tree. He was tired so that he flopped uh, down on the nice soft sand on the floor of the rabbit hole and shut his eyes. His mother was busy cooking. She wondered what he had done with his clothes. It was the second. Uh, a little a jacket and a pair of shoes that Peter had lost fortnight. I am sorry to say that Peter was not very well during the evening. His mother made him bed and some camo tea and she gave it a, of a, a dose of it to Peter. One tablespoonful to be taken at bedtime. But Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail had bread and milk and blackberries for supper. The end. About the author, Beatrix Potter. Like many Victorian girls who were educated at home, Beatrix Potter had a rather lonely childhood, but she had two interests that brought her great pleasure, art and the world of nature. Her parents encouraged her by taking her to galleries and providing her with art tutors. They were all tolerant of the numerous pet animals she and her younger brother kept in their schoolroom. Rabbits, mice, frogs, lizards, snakes, and snails. The children not only cared for these creatures, but also sketched them with great attention to detail. As Beatrix grew older, she continued to keep animal companions, such as of whom? Uh, such as uh, Peter Rabbit, Benjamin Bunny and Mrs. Tigglewiggle, who later to uh, who later to appear as characters in her books, she often wrote illustrated letters about her pets for the enjoyment of children. A picture letter uh, wrote to Noel Moore, the son of her former governess, uh, became the basis of her first child uh, children's book, A Tale of Peter Rabbit and the start of her highly successful career as an author. Beatrix, Potter, Beatrix Potter's favorite part of England was the Lake District. In 1905, she bought her first farm, Hilltop, and then village of near Sari. Many of her tales were set in and around the Sari area, where she spent the, the later part of her life. She was a pioneer in the countryside conversation, and she bought land and worked with the newly formed National Trust to save areas of unspoiled uh, beauty 
and promote traditional farming methods. Thanks to her efforts, much Lake District land still remains in the care of the National Trust, and the landscapes she used as background material for her illustrations can be seen today, exactly as they appear in her books. That's it for today about Beatrix Potter. I hope you like the read-alouds, and um, I hope you like that we're doing it every two weeks now. And um, I I love this author. Um, I read you two, uh, my two favorite tales. She's uh, funny. Uh, she's like a very early author. She's her 1902 through like 1911 or something like that. No, not 1918. Um, so I love her and I love her illustrations. I love her books, and um, uh, I'll see you in two in two weeks. Bye.